third and four for the Eagles here. Murphy in shotgun. Here's the snap. He rolls left. He throws. On episode nine, we'll be covering some BC basketball, kind of what's going on with them through their first five games in ACC play, as well as uh, some uh, other things such as upcoming opponents. Virginia Cavaliers are coming to Conti Forum tomorrow night, so we're going to dive into them, how they're looking, how they match up with the Eagles. So that will be uh, definitely part of the content. We'll talk a little bit about BC football and some news that have come up with them. But this show is really going to be focused on the uh, BC basketball team and how the, grading kind of their performance, their players through the first five ACC games and what do we have to look forward to uh, kind of coming up with some of their teams. So one thing we're going to do on the WZBC Sports Podcast has nothing to do with BC sports. We're going we're gonna to kick off new podcasts uh, with this little this little segment, um, just to kind of make it a little more interesting to add to your sports common knowledge. Uh, so whenever we release a podcast on that day, we're going to do on that day in sports history. Nothing to do with BC, just a little bit of sports knowledge to add into our podcast, add something else into the mix. So that's going to where I start off our upcoming podcast, at least the one that I'm hosting, uh, with uh, today in sports history, what happened on this date. So January 17th. Is the first day of the spring semester at BC, and we're kicking it off with this great podcast. And we'll start January 17, 1995. The Los Angeles Rams announced they would be moving to St. Louis. And now we, we, as we obviously know that the St. Louis Rams have moved back to Los Angeles and are now the Los Angeles Rams once again. The Chargers of San Diego will be joining them next season. January 17, 1999, two, five year, four years later, excuse me, the Atlanta Falcons beat the Minnesota Vikings to advance to the Super Bowl for the first time in team history. And if you pay attention to sports and the NFL playoffs this past weekend, the Atlanta Falcons beat the Seattle Seahawks to get back to the NFC Championship game and are trying to get back to their second Super Bowl. Uh, now, they, they did not win in 99, um, but we'll see if they can beat the Packers and then beat whoever comes out of the AFC uh, in a couple weeks. So that is today in sports history, just to add to your little... Common knowledge sports facts, and now we're going to get into some BC coverage. We're going to talk about BC basketball's first five games in conference play. We're going to grade kind of what's happening, what we've seen on the court, what do we like, what do we, what do we not like, what players have really stepped up, and I think you know the, the two obvious ones, uh, you know Bowman and Robinson, have been making headlines even kind of beyond Boston College sports news. But we're going to talk about all the players, and then we're talking about a little about Virginia, how do they match up with the Eagles? And we'll talk about our predictions for the matchup. So grading BC's first five games in the ACC, I think this team is probably where they should be. So now, they've been getting a lot of attention. They're 2-3 and three in conference right now. They're a lot of getting a lot of attention, like I said, even kind of with some of the national media, because they beat NC State in a good game. They, they beat Syracuse handily in the ACC opener. But I think this team probably is where they should be, because last year... The record was, was so not where we wanted it to be. I mean, they did not win a game in conference play. 
that two wins in five games on the surface seems really good. But this team had to start winning some games at some point, and it had to, it really had to start happening pretty early in conference play. So I think two and three in the ACC so far is where this team should be. They're in the ACC; they should be competitive in the conference. They just should be. That, that's by the nature of them being in the conference. So I think so far, this is a good start, and I'm pretty pleased with it. Um, but I, I think anything. Anything less would have been a disappointment. So I think two and three is where this team should be right now. It's very obvious the ACC is just a tremendous conference, and teams are beating up on each other left and right, except for the Notre Dame Fighting Irish, who, despite not having probably the talent that some other teams have, they are just playing some great basketball on the road, at home, all different places. That Notre Dame team is really, really strong. They're undefeated right now in ACC play, and BC gets them twice later in the year. So we'll see if the Eagles are up to the challenge uh, when they take on Notre Dame twice later in the season but it is a great conference so two and three through five games i'm okay with that why are they two and three why have they won the two games that they've won well we gotta start with Kyron bowman and jerome robinson these guys have just been outstanding uh surpassing expectations for one thing maybe, maybe not robinson as much but certainly bowman surpassing expectations and they are one of the most exciting backcourts in college basketball, I think, for any fan. No matter, no matter what you think of BC, no matter what you think of the ACC, uh, they're an exciting backcourt, for sure. Uh, Robinson and Bowman uh, struggled in the last game against Syracuse. That was the second game against Syracuse this season. It was at Syracuse. Robinson was 3-for-11, only 9 points, but he had 5 assists. Bowman was 1-for-9, only 3 points, but 7 rebounds. Only one assist, though, and six turnovers. So Bowman is the point guard on this team. He is, and he's played really, really well. He's played outstanding. I don't think you could really ask for much more out of the freshman who probably isn't a point guard by nature and actually kind of came in as the second fiddle recruit to Ty Graves, who has since left and has uh, said that he will be playing for St. Louis in the Atlantic 10, uh, I, I guess sometime next season if, if his um, if NCAA... Uh, if the NCAA lets him play by then. But Bowman's just been outstanding. But he still struggles with turnovers. He's not a pure point guard, and he still got to learn to harness his energy in the correct ways. As a lot of people know, he was a football recruit, recruited to play um, wide receiver at North Carolina, decommitted because basketball is his is his true passion. And I think we, we'd all agree. I think we'd agree that basketball really is his true passion. He seems like he loves to be out there. He's competitive in a really awesome way. He's exciting to watch. Um but he still needs to come along, and I think we saw it against uh, this Syracuse game. BC loses, you know, by more than 20, and it's uh, a tough defense to play against. A lot of college teams don't see the zone very much at all throughout the season, especially one is as good, uh, one that is as good as Syracuse plays. Um, so this is a shooting team that BC has. The perimeter is not really locked up, uh, not in sync. Uh, we can see that from Bowman, only three points. He likes to shoot the three. Robinson, not as much of a three-point shooter, but definitely will shoot it and definitely can knock it down. Uh, BC had a lot of trouble getting a man in the middle in that game to kind of break down the zone and kick it back out. And we'll get to the, we'll get to the guys that were playing in the middle. That was Tavy and, and Popovich mostly. Um, and we'll, we'll get to maybe some of their struggles and why they struggled against the zone. Uh, but it really not, it was not working against that environment in the Carrier Dome. Uh, it's a tough place to play, no matter how experienced you are, especially when you're a team as young as BC. But that was the Cuse game, and 
before that, this tandem had been playing really, really well, even in losses. Uh, the previous game against NC State, Robinson, 10 of 18, 26 points, 5 assists. Bowman, 6 of 10 from the field, 19 points, 7 rebounds. And the Eagles beat the Wolfpack, um, who have some really good players, in particular Dennis Smith Jr., who many project will be a top 5 pick in the NBA draft. Uh, we'll get more onto Smith later and how the Eagles covered him, but that was definitely a good game for the squad, and they won it, headlined by this great backcourt. Against Duke, BC lost. They had it actually to, to six points in the second quarter against Duke, in the second half, excuse me, against Duke. Couldn't pull it out, but still uh, a, a very good game for both Robinson and Bowman. Robinson had the first, had nine of the first eleven points for the Eagles, finished with nineteen points. Robinson finished with twenty-one points. Uh, BC had 21 turnovers as a team in this game, which is not ideal. They struggled with turnovers all year, but it was a nice comeback. Uh, against the, the previous ACC game was against Wake Forest. BC lost that one as well. Robinson, though, matching about his average at 20 points. Bowman, 14. And the opener in ACC play was just amazing. We have not had a podcast since that opener, but, man, was that a fun game. BC wins really big over probably their biggest rival, Syracuse. Robinson, 22 points, and Kyron Bowman, 30 points, and he was just on fire from everywhere, in particular three. This group is the future of this program because they can really, really score. And, and, and great guard play in college basketball will keep you in so many games, so many games. It's such a different style of play at the NBA. Players are bigger. You need stretch fours. You need good centers. It doesn't work like that at the college level. When you have a great backcourt that can score, you're going to be in most games. And this is, I think, the makings of a great backcourt. I really do believe that. Bowman has a great edge to the way he plays. And Robinson is just so good off screens and so good off set plays. I think Robinson in particular, if he can improve his three-point shooting, he could really become a player who is a you know an all-ACC first-team player before he graduates. I really believe that. It's going to take a lot of work. He's only a sophomore right now, but he has the kind of scoring ability that is just phenomenal. And if he can improve his three-point shooting, he can become even better. Uh, If he can really become a deadly three-point shooter, pairing that with his size, his ability to put the ball on the floor, come off screens, knock down mid-range jumpers, he's a special player, and I think his confidence is only growing. It's only growing, so he's exciting, and so is Bowman. Those guys, they really get A-pluses, if you ask me, so far through conference play. If we turn to A.J. Turner, anyone who listened to episode, uh, I believe it was episode four uh, of the WZBC Sports Podcast, uh, myself and uh, one of my friends who's, who's in the club, Scott Hill, Scott has since graduated, we talked about one big key for the Eagles this season was they're going to have to if if we if we want to you know see a really uh, dynamic team in conference play we're going to need to see 30 combined points from Robinson and Turner this was before we knew about what Bowman can do and before we kind of knew how the lineup was going to be structured we said 30 combined between Robinson and Turner Robinson excuse me Turner is not averaging the combined 30 with Robinson that we called for but he is still playing very good. He's averaging 10 points a game, which is doubled from last year. I think he was averaging under five last year. And he is really just a top-notch defender. I mentioned Dennis Smith Jr. of NC State earlier. He's a projected top-five pick in the, in the NBA draft who is two positions separated from Turner and four inches uh, in height difference. But in many of the possessions in that NC State game, 
AJ Turner was guarding the best player on the floor, which was Dennis Smith Jr. So he's such a versatile wing, wing defender, can guard a lot of different positions, and he's kind of your shutdown guy. Um, he had 15 points in that game as well on 4-9 shooting. Um, and, uh, you know, excuse me, Dennis Smith Jr. had 15 points, which is 4.5 below his average. So Turner did a good job on Dennis Smith Jr. that whole game. Turner's been great in the mid-range shooting game. He can come off screens and passes and knock down 12 to 15 footers with great confidence. Uh, in fact, I think he probably could be playing the middle against the zone better than Tavian Popovich just because of his versatility. He's clearly improved his offensive game. He's shown he can knock down threes. He runs the floor so well. He's long and athletic. I think by this point we know that he's never going to be a scorer like Jerome Robinson, but he adds tremendous value on the court. And he is a huge reason why this team is playing better right now. Uh, you know, he, he, in fact, has 13 assists and just two turnovers in five ACC games. He leads the ACC in overall assist to turnover ratio at 3.3, and that ranks 16th in the country. Now, he does not have the ball in his hands all the time. You know, and he's not he's not your point guard, but that's still good, especially with a team that averages a lot of turnovers. He's shown his maturity on the floor. He looks more confident out there. He's got a confident stroke. He will only get better. And in the years to come, when this team is finally reaching their full potential and competing more and more for the ACC, he will only prove to be more valuable. So AJ Turner has been very good. He's not probably on the level that Jerome Robinson and AJ Turner, uh, Jerome Robinson and Kyron Bowman are on. But he's been he's been great. Uh, in at least what he does. At least what he does. Uh, so AJ Turner's been exciting for me to see his development, someone who had big expectations for him coming into this year, and I think he will only get better. If we turn to I think who's the fourth most impactful player on this team, it's Maurice Jeffers. He's the fifth year grad student transfer from Delaware. And I think early on we didn't love what we were seeing from him, especially against certainly weaker competition. Um, but he has played better in conference play. He does have somewhat of an offensive game that he does try to use. He's by no means a stud on offense, but he is a better option at center than a lot of the teams than a lot of other teams have on offense, at least within the college ranks. He's tougher and more conditioned than Popovich right now. Popovich, you know, is still only a freshman. He's very young, and he showed a lot of promise. But Jeffers right now is a tougher player. He really wants to be out there competing. I, I think coming from, you know, four years in the CAA with Delaware, he's really relishing the opportunity to be in the ACC. And Maurice Jeffers really looks like he wants to be there. Uh, and I think that's great. He had a really good game against Wake Forest. Uh, he's had a couple 13-point games here and there. So he's not averaging a ton of points. You're not going to see his, his name come up too much on the stat sheet. And he's going to make some mistakes, but he's been a valuable piece. And I think when we go up against some of these really good centers in the ACC, we have Kennedy Meeks coming to town on Saturday. He, he will have tough days, but he will do his best to keep this team in it. And I think he's providing more value for this team than maybe we saw at the beginning of the season. So Mo Jeffers is, to me, the fourth most valuable player on this team. And uh, I think we'll only continue to play better and help his team out when he can. If we turn to the fifth starter on the team, that is uh, Connor Tavey. Tavey is a great passer, a uh, very experienced player. He's also got a very strong competitiveness to him. He's a 6'6 power forward, which is undersized in the ACC. Um, but he still played well, and he gets a lot of playing time. He does not add much on the offensive end. He really does not. But he is... A good passer. 
And as I said, that's valuable on a team that wants to get guys open offset plays off screens. So he's a good facilitator. He's not really looking to score much, hardly ever shoots the ball. And I think the ideal lineup for BC would maybe see him playing a little bit less. But as we are right now, he's an experienced player like Jeffers. He wants to be out there, and he's going to help this team in some close ACC games. Where lack of experience would hurt us, he's going to help us. If we turn to the bench, uh, it's Garland Owens, uh, Nick Popovich, the freshman, and Jordan Chapman, uh, the transfer from BYU who has three years of eligibility left in him. Uh, These guys are the ones that are really coming off the bench most, uh, Popovich and Chapman more than Owens. They provide nice depth. Chapman's the guy that you bring off the bench and he'll knock down some shots for you, uh, which is... Uh, useful. He hasn't been shooting the ball great recently, but I know he's been in the gym a lot, working hard uh, to get better on that end. And he's been good. Uh, you see him out there sometimes with, uh, you know, when he's the three out there, he's only like six four. Probably, you know, maybe only six three. I'd have to look at his official height. So BC's a small team, uh, which you see with a lot of college teams. But Chapman has played well, and I think he will only continue to play better because he is a he is a solid player. He was the Gatorade State Player of the Year in Washington when he was a senior in high school, and I think he, he's an important guy on this team. He has that look in his eyes. He wants to he 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 wants to be out there playing competitive, similarly similarly to Tavy and Jeffers. Um, Nick Popovich has got a ton of promise. Promise. He he has a tremendous upside. Uh, it's been made known by Coach Christian that he has to work on his conditioning a little bit. He needs to get uh, a little bit more ready to play more minutes at this level. He does get tired often. Um, but Nick Popovich has got a good stroke from the outside. He's the tallest guy on the team at 6'11". He also has a toughness to him. He plays well inside. He's a very quick finisher with the ball. He's still developing his confidence, but he's going to be really, really good in a couple years. And I think all this ACC experience, he's going to get some tough matchups with some tough centers and some tough forwards, but it's all good for him, especially for him, especially for him. So Nick Popovich is a player with tremendous upside, and BC should be excited about what they have with him. Uh, you know, he's going he's to have to improve in some areas. He's going to have to become more confident, more conditioned, uh, still a better shooter. He can still work on that if he can really develop that outside game because he, he has that inside game a little bit as well um, and become more confident against some of these bigger centers in the ACC. He could be a very good player. So excited about what him. Garland Owens um, has certainly lost some playing time since last year as the team has become a little bit more deep, um, but still an excellent defender and does his role well. He's not going to give you too much on offense, but he does his role well. And kind of as that eighth man on the team, he's been effective. John Carlos Reyes and Mike Segay are the next two that I'll get to. These are kind of the only two other guys seeing playing time on the team. Um, Reyes is the third center and gets a couple minutes a game. Uh, hopefully he's developing and you know learning some things because he'll have to take over certainly some playing time when Jeffers leaves next year. Um, but definitely want to note the return of number 23, Mike Segay. Segay missed so many games. I mean, eight, nine, ten games probably with an illness. So it's good to see him back out there. Sagay, I think, has the build and athleticism to become a scorer on this team. So hopefully he takes that jump by next year. Uh, I'm excited about, about what he can do. Um, and hopefully we see a couple minutes from him in ACC play. Um, and then he can continue to, uh, like I said, get more confident 
and uh, I think he's going to be a piece for the future on this team. Uh, and one more note about John Carlos Reyes. He lacks the touch and skills that Popovich has, and he lacks the experience that Jeffers has. But I think all this is is stuff that he can pick up. He's uh, only a redshirt freshman, I think, because he missed injury last year, so a lot of time left for him to play. Um, so they're kind of the last two guys on this team. It's been a good first half for BC, certainly a good slate so far in conference play. It, it has. Uh, they could be... Uh, they could have won another game at this point, but I think where they're at, I'm okay with that. I can definitely take what I've seen from them, and I think that hopefully if they can win one of the next four in the ACC play, they're setting themselves up on that on that, on that that good track, on that good track to keep winning games, getting that experience, putting themselves back into contention in the ACC, maybe scaring a couple teams down the road. So BC, in kind of in summer, really only goes eight deep. And in certain matchups, when Garland Owens does not fit as well, it's really only seven deep. So this team does not have enough, enough depth combined with talent to win too, too many games in the ACC this season. But it's all going in the right direction. It's all going in the right direction with this team, and, and I'm excited to see them. Virginia will prove to be a tough test. Virginia is a team that's great on defense. They're a mature team with strong leaders, great coaching. Tony Bennett's done a great job in Charlottesville with this team. That'll be a really tough test. In fact, I think BC has a better chance of beating North Carolina, who's probably the more talented team on Saturday than they do against the Virginia Cavaliers. They're just a team that's that's not going to be phased by this you know exciting backcourt that BC has, and I think that they will uh, be the toughest test that BC's seen all season so far. But again, all good stuff. All good stuff that you want to see this team face. So let's turn to Virginia. Let's turn to what we can expect from the Virginia Cavaliers. They don't have a star on this team like they had with Malcolm Brogdon last year and Justin Anderson two years ago, both contributing on their respective NBA teams. Brogdon's on the Bucks, and Justin Anderson is on the Mavericks in the NBA. Um, but this Virginia Cavaliers team is still deep and a very well-coached team. We'll start with their t- their senior leader, and uh, who I think is their best player, London Parentes. Uh, he plays with a quiet confidence, a kind of confidence that we will hopefully that will excuse me, that we will hopefully see develop on BC as their core gets older. He's an excellent shooter from three-point range, 41% on the season, uh, 2.47 assist turnover ratio, which is really good for a guy that has the ball in his hands a lot, plays point guard and shooting guard, but definitely is bringing the ball up. He's only averaging 12.1 points per game, but he had 25 and 24 in the last two ACC games, both which were key wins. Um, Bowman, I think, will struggle with this matchup uh, against Parentes. It's experience versus lack thereof. And we might even see A.J. Turner guarding him a little bit, too. Kind of back to that point earlier about Turner guarding the best player on the floor. It was Dennis Smith against NC State. It could be London Parentes against Virginia. This will be a great learning experience for Kyron Bowman. I, I think Kai Bowman will see a really strong guard up close, someone that probably isn't a pure point guard either. Um, I think this is a great this is a great opportunity for Kai Bowman. Leonard Prentice, I think, will have a very good game. I love watching him play. He's an exciting player. He said he plays with that quiet confidence. He shoots the ball well. He's just, he's just, he, he plays good basketball. Virginia plays good basketball, and it's headlined by Leonard Prentice. So this will be a tough matchup for Bowman, but I think it'll be a good one, one that'll, when that Bowman will look back on and say, I learned a lot from how that guy played. If we turn to another guy that I want to talk about on Virginia, Jack Salt. He's the starting center. For Virginia, a redshirt sophomore, 
many centered matchups will prove to be scary for the Eagles in conference play. But I don't think Salt is one of them. Salt is, a, is big, very big, and he's a good rebounder, but he lacks touch around the rim. And in fact, he averages a foul every 3.9 minutes in the ACC, in ACC play. That's pretty bad. I mean, that's like averaging 10 fouls a game over 40 minutes if he played every minute, which would be twice the foul limit. Um, so I think he he's he's just not he's a big big body, but does not have the touch on the rim that BC will see with some uh, centers in the ACC. Uh, if the Eagles hope to win this game, it should be a good game for Jeffers, meaning that Jeffers will have a good game against Salt. Salt doesn't play. Salt probably is not going to play more than 20 minutes, again, in a lot of foul trouble. But I think that's a place, not that, not that BC can expose, because BC centers have their limitations as well. But I think this is an opportunity where you might see Jeffers get Salt into, into foul trouble, get a couple big rebounds, get a couple nice putbacks, uh, that will help the Eagles if they want to keep this game close. Another exciting player, I think, for Virginia, the junior from Canada, Marielle Shayok. He's only averaging 18 minutes a game, but he's second on the team in scoring. He's very long and athletic. He plays a little bit of shooting guard, small forward. I think he's what A.J. Turner would be if Turner was scoring more points. I, I think Marielle Shayok is a really good player. He'll, he'll be another fun one to watch um, for, for anyone going to the game. He can create his own shot very effectively, which could prove troublesome if Turner is guarding Prentice and not Shayok. So hopefully Bowman can, can hard, hold down Prentice uh, because it'll be a tough for anyone else to guard Shayok, I think. He's really good at creating his own shots. I think Garland Owens could match up very well defensively with him, but Garland, as we've seen, struggles on the offensive end, so he will only play so many minutes. Uh, so Shayok could be a difference maker uh, I think, in the way that Jack Salt is not, at least in this game, uh, against the Eagles for Virginia. If we turn to uh, another one of their players, Darius Thompson. He's part of the depth that makes UVA good. He's shooting 40% from three, and he has one of the best shooting strokes you'll see in conference play. Really, really good player. Uh, good shooter, still learning, so he's one that could knock down some deadly shots on BC. BC's going to have to guard the perimeter pretty closely against this good shooting Virginia team. And uh, the last player I want to talk about probably might be the X Factor, I think, in this game. Isaiah Wilkins. BC often goes small with Tavy at the five. Uh, we've even seen Turner play the five for lineups late in the game. Uh, and UVA may be best off playing Salt in limited minutes and using Isaiah Wilkins at the five. Now, Isaiah Wilkins is a small forward. He's only 6'7". But, and I'm not saying, I'm not saying that, that they will do this. I'm not saying that, that you'll see Isaiah Wilkins playing the five. In fact, I don't even know if Virginia does that. I, I don't know enough about the team to, to say that they do. But he can defend any position on the floor when needed. He leads the team in rebounding and steals and is the only Cavalier averaging at least one board, steal, block, and assist per game. So one in all those categories it won't work when Popovich is in. But when Popovich is not in and BC's gone a little bit smaller, Isaiah Wilkins could really make this a deadly Virginia team because then you got a player who can shoot and score at the five, and you can load it up with all your good guards who can also shoot it. So if BC's going to go small, that could play right into Virginia's hands, and I think Isaiah Wilkins is going to be the big beneficiary from, from, that, from those matchups because he can, he can just kind of do it all out there. Um, so as you can kind of tell... This is a tough matchup for BC. This is a tough, tough matchup. This is an experienced Virginia team that was, you know, a, a crazy comeback away 
a, a comeback that was done to them by Syracuse in the Elite Eight last year from going to the Final Four. This is a good team, and they did le- lose that leader in Malcolm Brogdon, but it's still a very good team. It's not a team that I see going to the Elite Eight again. We'll say that, but it's a good team. It's a team that BC will struggle with because they do so many things well. They do the small things right. Tony Bennett coaches a great team, recruits really well as well. So my prediction for this game is that Virginia wins you know, by 8 to 10 points. BC is seeing firsthand what it takes to win in the ACC. It is, it is an unbelievably good conference. But Virginia is just much more mature and a lot of steps beyond BC right now. I think they're a great roadmap for what you might want to see BC become. But BC's not there yet. I think it'll be a great game, an exciting game. And I think Roman, Robinson and Bowman will come back and, and play strong. Uh, but for now, it is a, it's going to be a tough matchup. Uh, I, I don't see this as, as I said, a Virginia team that's going back to the Elite Eight, but it's still very talented, and they play great defense, um, playing out past the arc aggressively a lot of times, taking away shots, and they're very quick, very good at getting back into position. So, so BC could have some struggles against this game, but it'll be a good learning experience. Um, and a, a good point, though, for BC, BC's played very well at home. You know, their two conference wins came against Syracuse and North Carolina State at home. So this this could, this could form could be coming, a, could be, could be becoming a tough place to play in the ACC. A tough stretch ahead for BC, uh, UNC at home on Saturday, then they're at Miami and at Virginia Tech. So I think you, if you can win one of the next four games and you can play competitive in the rest of them, that's a success for me. That, that'll put them at uh, three and six in conference play. And then you have Wake Forest coming up again, Maybe you can split with Notre Dame as they cool off a little bit, which I think they will. You still have Georgia Tech coming up. Virginia Tech's a beatable team. Uh, so there are wins on the horizon for this team if they continue to play as they have. They could get one of the next four. I think that'd be a huge success. But n- nonetheless, it'll be a fantastic game uh, tomorrow night in Conti Forum. Uh, WZBC will be on the call. I will be on the broadcast crew along with Ryan Short and TJ Hartnett. So tune into that one um, on uh, WZBC the FM network here at Boston College. So it uh, should be an exciting one. Like I said, I think I, my prediction is Virginia wins it, but uh, you know we want you to come to WZBC to kind of get all your, all your up-to-date stuff on this team, on their competitors, how, how they match up, and, and you know, we hope Epson 9 has done that for you to kind of get you uh, up on what BC will be expecting tomorrow night against the Cavaliers. Some other BC news. Uh, National Signing Day for football is February 1st for all NCAA teams. And there are three early enrollees in the class, so three guys that will be enrolling this semester as part of next year's or this year's recruiting class, you know, who will be freshmen next year. They are Travis Levy, a running back from Maryland, Alec Lindstrom, uh, brother of Chris Lindstrom, uh, who is a starting offensive lineman for the Eagles this year, um, and Quarterback E.J. Perry from Andover, Massachusetts, actually holds the record for most touchdowns um, in a season in Massachusetts high school history with another BC quarterback on the team right now, Troy Flutie, nephew of Doug Flutie. So football is gearing up uh, already. Recruiting season is certainly in full swing. Actually, will be ending soon when National Signing Day occurs. And uh, this this is going to be, uh, I think, a fun team for next year. I don't think any... Uh, well, I think only... Travis Levy will get some time next year at running back. I think he'll join that crew with Davon Jones, John Hilleman, and uh, some other some of their other running backs. I mean, obviously they're, they're losing Miles Willis and Tyler Rouse 
So I think he could get some time next year. I think Lindstrom still has some time to develop as an offensive lineman. And EJ Perry will certainly sit on the depth chart behind Wade and Brown. Uh, but it's good to see you know BC football back in the news uh, after that great uh, quick lane bowl win um, in Detroit. That was so exciting. WZBC Sports were there. I was there. It, w- it was such a great time. Um, and great for the school, great for the program. So that is all good stuff. Uh, that is uh, some other news in BC sports. Obviously, BC lost last night to Boston University uh, in their uh, in the second of the home and home series with them this year. They lost three uh, nothing. One was an empty net goal at the end of the game. But BC will look for revenge in the first round of the Bean Pot in the first week of February. So that will be something to look forward to uh, for all BC fans. It'll be tough for BU to beat BC three times in a season. So we will see how that game goes. So this is going to do it for Episode 9 of the WZBC Sports Podcast. My name is Steve Mackley. Thank you for tuning in. Check us again out, as always, at WZBCSports.com and under WZBC Sports Radio on iTunes. This has been Episode 9, and we will see you next time on the WZBC Sports Podcast. Santini, make a nice little pass over to Sanford. Sanford gives it to Tuck. Tuck with a shot. Oh! Tuck scores, Eagles win. The Eagles have won the 2016 Bean Championship. Catch all the excitement of Boston College Athletics right here on WZBC Newton 90.3 FM. As BC's only student radio broadcasting organization, WZBC Sports brings a different viewpoint of college athletics to the table. Our student commentators know the campus, student-athlete culture, and latest beat on the teams like no other media outlet, thanks to our dedicated coverage of Boston College sports. Check out our broadcast or weekly talk show schedules at www.wzbcsports.com and get a refreshing take on sporting events at the heights and beyond.